0: Everyone, this is dave cohen on guitar tales we have a very special guest this week joel hoekstra um we will get into all the details because this is one of the most accomplished guests we've had on the show so far thank you for joining us
1: hey my pleasure great to be here thank you
0: yeah i i gotta tell you i print it up your wikipedia page 16 pages 16 pages of you <laughs>
1: I haven't been on there in a while, so I'm not exactly sure what's on there these days. I should probably make sure it's all like somewhat factual.
0: Oh, I went in there and put all sorts of bad stuff in there today. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, you got all kinds of like my story's been completely rewritten.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I did it today. Uh, but you know, you know what's kind of cool? I was just you know kind of lounging around. I'm a lawyer by day, and I do this at night for fun. So I just I always like to get out of the mood of being a lawyer and into the mood of being a human being. <laughs> And so I'm just relaxing, playing on social media. And what comes on my feed but share? And it was a live performance of hers. I I wasn't able to tell. It was one of those, like, 25-second things. And I'm thinking, I'm about to chat with the guy who was playing guitar on that, most likely. If it's within the last few years, that would have been you, right?
1: Yeah. Uh Yeah, The uh, I guess 17 through 19, really, you know? Um, So, yeah.
0: That was a little, in a good way, a little freaky that I'm listening to really good guitar work and I thought, I'm about to chat with this guy. So it was kind of neat, just randomly showed up on my social media feed. But it was- Randomly, randomly. Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't believe that, do we?
1: There, well, I mean, you know, no, I would think they're probably some kind of algorithm for that you and I are emailing or something. you're
0: right. You're right. I'm on the Wikipedia page playing with your profile and things like that, messing up your definitely. definitely. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. right. There, there is no random anymore, is
1: there? No, not anymore. Yeah. Not not after the last year and a half where we all sat on our devices 24-7.
0: <laughs> crazy. It really is. You know, and, and if you Google something, you know, then you get an ad from Amazon for the same product. And it, it's, it's all sorts of craziness right now. Before this went crazy, though, I remember... I was in the market for a used car and I drove I was looking for Fords, which I eventually found, but I found one at a a Land Rover dealership I drove there on a Sunday night, it was closed and I just drove and got out of my car and looked that's all I did because there were a couple of used Fords on the lot, within three days I had a hard copy Land Rover like quarter inch thick magazine (laughs) And I'm like Shit. you know that that was a little freaky. And that was before these algorithms. This is probably about five years ago, and that was just a little unsettling. Like their security camera picked up on me. I don't know what it was, but there it was. So wow. yeah. So yeah. But for folks who don't know you, I want to just give a little bit, and I want to get most of it from you. Um, you are an on-demand amazing player. I went all over YouTube watching you. But you tour with some really amazing acts in addition to the uh creative endeavors you engage in on your own what are some of the bands you have toured with and do tour with
1: um i mean you know the most recent times i'd say i'm uh, right now i'm with white snake and trans savior orchestra those are my gigs my main gigs and um I do several projects and stuff like that right now as well, Uh, but um, also known for, I guess, leading up to Weisig, I was in Night Ranger for seven years. I was part of the Broadway show Rock of Ages uh, for six years. And in the Uh, movie, right? So yeah, I have a little cameo in the movie, but mainly the over six years on playing that on Broadway. Um, Those are all the kind of things that people know me for and and share the share gig you mentioned, Um, you know, there's like you know, there's there's all kinds of other subplots and stuff like that going on in other parts of the story, but those are kind of the the last ten years or so.
0: It's it's so impressive, and one of the things I like is that you you have real bona fides um, in your youth um, in terms of classical music, right? Aren't you're classically trained in your early days before you saw Angus play, right?
1: yeah well uh, other instruments when i was a kid my parents had me play classical music when i was a kid on cello and piano and um they were both classical musicians and uh so yeah in a way but it makes it sound like i was great and i wasn't great I was okay gotcha you. Okay. You know, like, i just wanted to do like other stuff I was, when i was a little boy i was like i just want to play baseball and get me out of here and, uh but then guitar you know i mean i was young when i started guitar i was 11 but it, it oh. definitely helped jumpstart me, like to you know being able to play guitar when that was the third instrument i'd played so it was like by the time i started that it definitely helped move things along a little bit um uh, and then with guitar i did study classical guitar uh too so there was a few years there where i did much much more of that than i did like play electric
0: did, did, did there come a time when you if you were to put humility aside where you started to get the sense, hey, I, I think I'm really good or I think I can be really good, you know?
1: Uh, that's like definitely attached to youth, you know? It's like the older I get, the worse I realize I am. Um, okay. But like when you're when you're young, you know, you're super cocky and think you're great even when you're right. terrible, when you really in actuality are like awful, right. you know? Right. 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 Uh, so yeah, I'd say that's that, that's the way that, that's worked for me. It's like, you know, I'm operating on a curve where the older Older I get, the ego right. continues to go down.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, you know, the more ignorant we are, the the less ignorant we realize we are.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, especially with something like music, that's so infinite. You know, I mean, there's there's really no end to to where you can go with it, or how good you can get with it, and and so many great players out there. And nowadays, with everything we were talking about earlier in the lesson, but I guess the positive side is you can access great talents from all over the world. Like. Right. You know the click of a computer or whatever, you know, or your phone. And uh when I was a kid, you were basically just kind of comparing yourself to the people in your neighborhood or that went to that's your school. True. That was kind of all we had. So um you know I, I guess that's uh that's great for keeping you humble too, man. You surf around Instagram for about 15 minutes you realize like,
0: oh, and I better I better
1: practice a little bit.
0: I know there's some people doing ridiculous stuff. There's there's some kid who's playing an acoustic guitar. He, he has this sort of flamboyant style where he, he's sort of slapping, not slap bass kind of thing, but everything is very dramatic. Yeah. But, percussive
1: but, on the instrument. And yeah. Percussive on the, yeah. There's, there's a lot of amazing uh, performances like that worked out. Those one man, you know, like yeah. solo guitar uh, versions of things these days that you see online that are just kind of like, you know, I know it's that crazy. explodes. Um, I mean, I, I, grew up with a little bit of that happening and, and messed around with a little bit of that here and there, but for the most part, um, I've definitely been somebody who's been in bands and been a part of, um, you know, it's it's everybody's got their own journey to take with these things, you know, and for me, it's been about um, not letting the window shut on being able to make a living doing it. Uh, It's always been the main focus of it. And that's um, and then just from there, they're like pushing it as far as it'll go, really. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where when it does work out, and you realize like, oh, I'm actually going to be able to do this with my life. um, Then, I mean, that was always the fear was like it it took me a really long time to have things work out to the point where I felt like I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm going to be okay. This is what I'm going to do. It is your day Um, job. Right. I, I wasn't going to have to go do something else. That was, that was always yeah. kind of my definition of success would be able to like get through my life, just being able to do this and not have to like go like wait tables or something. Not that there's right. anything wrong with that, as they would say on Seinfeld. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, it's, um, that, that's always just kind of been my focus. I've been a real kind of like um, working class guitar player, man, you know, just kind of um, with when I was in my twenties, there's a lot of teaching I had 70 students a week and uh, took what gigs I had in the Chicago suburbs where I was living at that time. And right. um, But always, always like working really hard, you know. And then when I came to New York um, to do this uh, theater show called Love Janice about Janice Joplin, that's why I came out here. Okay. Um, that was my first time of only performing and not teaching to supplement or, or vice versa. Because really, it was always kind of teaching and then using performing to supplement that it was pretty much the focus you know did and then uh,
0: was that the teaching help your craft do you think
1: yeah because it kept me on it i mean when you teach you play guitar five six hours a day there might be some of it that's a little bit better for you than others but the bottom line is you're still playing guitar five six hours a day that, that's better for me there was like those two approaches like you can make your living with your guitar and try and get there or you can hold on a day job and, uh, try to get somewhere big with it, you know, make the business connections to, yeah um, there was always those two approaches. And I always went with the make a living with the guitar thing. That was always more my goal than the, um, I just I watched a lot of friends who would get the day job and they'd say, "No, no, no, this is just to support me as a guitar player while I'm doing right, this, and right, they, right. and then you just watch the day job completely consume their life and they right, right, get right. Their guitar and so um for me, it was always smarter just to make guitar my thing and just like we'll take it as far as it'll go and as it as it turned out, it, you know I can't really complain you know
0: it seems like you know you've kept yourself busy and the question that that's running through my head. Is was it like something that that uh, you know stopped on a dime and turned where you, where suddenly you became in demand or was it sort of a slow thing?
1: Slow, totally slow. Yeah, like that's like to a, to the point where you barely notice. It's just like okay. each individual gig that you get, you know, you feel like you're taking a step, um, but there was never, you know, some. You know, well, you can look at it a bunch of ways. You can look at it as a bunch of big breaks, or you can look at it as a bunch of smaller breaks, you know. Oh, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I'd like to say it's just kind of, I mean, the story kind of as it would go would be like that gigging in the Chicago area to getting Love Janice out here, kind of doing some oldies bands like playing in the Turtles and Big Brother and the Holding Company, um, because their guitar player, Sam, was the music director of Love Janice. And okay. so. I got kind of pulled into doing a little bit of that. And one of my subs on that show played with the Turtles. So I started as a fill-in and I ended up being in there. And then um, all the while back in Chicago playing with Jim Peterick, who I was would play his once a year, twice a year events, these world stage events in his house band. And that really led to Night Ranger at the time. Um, well, tell me, I,
0: let's Slow that one down. So what's the night ranger connection how did that occur
1: yeah so well jim peterick who most people would know uh from the band survivor also right. founded the Ides of march so he wrote a lot of big songs just uh, he wrote eye of the tiger and you know uh, okay. you know all those survivor hits 38 special hits those uh, that you know and uh, so anyway he'd have these events called World Stage where all the those guests would come out and they'd sing a few of their hits. And one of those guests every year was Kelly Kagi, um, the drummer from Night Ranger. So I was in the house band, it would be part of everybody's songs as they would come out and okay. so even while I was in New York doing Love Janice, Jim would still fly me back and I would go like pretty much right off the plane, right to the the, the venue and go play down like these thirty something songs and so um as it worked out, you know, oddly enough, Red Beach was playing in Night Ranger at the time. So, um, who's now my guitar partner in White right? So, yeah. uh, he needed to miss a show. Uh, I think he had to play with Winger, and so they were Night Ranger was either going to cancel this gig or Kelly said, "Hey, I know this guy that plays with Jim that'll like get off, uh, learn thirty songs, and get off the plane, and like just play it on the gig." And let's get this guy to come in. And uh, so that was basically my audition. It was like a, a gig you know basically oh, that's great. <laughs> we'll reach a gig and uh see how it goes so um yeah that was my my inroads there so um yeah like i said it's all kind of watching things kind of move forward through all these things present opportunities and um so yeah through playing in jim's world stage thing to night ranger and um i would say through doing pit gigs in new york city I was subbing just as for a friend of mine who was do like you know he's more of a traditional like pit musician right 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 right. on right. Broadway and um, what ended up happening there is the keyboard player from one of those shows became the music supervisor of Rock of Ages so that's how that happened so you know it's like through doing something that you'd go like well, why are you even doing that and then see so get kind of rewarded in the end and then have six years of basically playing steady on a show on Broadway so. Mm-hmm. That's the story there. And really the TSO thing kind of came about through, I'd say that's about that stuff combined because Alex Skolnick needed to take a year off, basically at the time was the approach. And um, uh, they a couple of people in the band said, you know, look, you know, this guy, he's in Night Ranger, he plays with Rock of Ages on Broadway. And, um, you know, I had an audition. And I think really one of the main things is that we were on America's Got Talent as like a guest at Rock of Ages. and. Um, That clip in particular, I think, kind of helped me. Uh, Paul O'Neill, I think, was uh, maybe hesitant on my audition thing because I wasn't doing stage moves or anything. I was just kind of, uh, as odd as it sounds, I do have a hard time doing that without an audience there. It's like somebody pulls out a flip phone at the time or like a camera, and I'm like... I'm not playing with a band. I'm not playing in front of an audience. Like I can't, you know. You have to be
0: organic I, about I
1: it. I can't act like I'm playing for an arena right now. I felt silly. So um, I think there were some reservations about my stage presence. And then I was on that show and Paul saw that I could perform as well as right. play. Right. so that that helped me there, uh, that, that little clip. But that's kind of how the, all those things developed. And then the share gig was really um, uh, Whitesnake. Taking a year off for David to have surgery, have knee surgery. And, um, and my friend Justin Derrico recommended me um, to share his guitar player for like a fill in because I just was like, hey, I texted a bunch of people who I could think of that were like in the scene and just like, I'm free. If you hear anything? Yeah, I got yeah, to yeah. a year. I'm looking to just build a year. That ended up being a really fun year. I mean, it was really interesting to kind of build a year from like, I had uh tso kind of november december but you're looking at like 10 months of like man i can't stay around for 10 months so i had a lot of fun i did a lot of really like random things that year and built a lot of cool stuff and um it was it was a good challenge to do that and one of the things was the share thing and that was supposed to be just like a few gigs and ended up really turning into a few years so um did
0: the residency with her too right
1: yeah i mean several the residency is always divided up into these, like, three-week periods, basically, right. two, three-week periods. So, yeah, basically my time there was uh, a lot of the Vegas stuff and then some of the touring, like a couple of the runs of actually taking it out because that Mamma Mia 2 or when, uh, one of yeah. one of the Mamma yeah. Mia movies came out. So she, oddly enough, went through that Here We Go Again tour, right? So yeah, which I yeah. thought... Man, this is too weird, you know. And you got here I go again with White and now I'm on the Here We Go Again tour with Sharon. Right, that's right. Um,
0: what was it like being in sort of different genres like that? Does it does it matter one way or the other? Is it easy for you to slide from rock to something? Well, more- that was one of the
1: cool things about the share gig for me at the time, because you know, I I grew up learning how to play a bunch of different stuff taking like every gig there was basically and so i've done a lot of different styles and so lately obviously all the stuff that took off was like this my initial love like the hard rock stuff right Right. so which is great because that's what i probably prefer the most honestly you know like it's what i grew up on um but at the same time there's times where it's like hey it'd be nice you know it was fun to play some different styles and i have people like judge you and stuff like that right it was like appropriate for yeah It's, like, fun to get back into, like, playing disco for, like, a song with her and stuff like that. Yep. I mean, and I
0: would think, percussively, it's probably going to stretch your muscles a little bit, right? That's a, that's a slight... Uh,
1: I mean, it was a, it's a fun guitar gig to play because the, the material spans, like, four generations. It's oh, not like... True. It doesn't all sound the same. It's, like, real stretched out. So there's a lot of different styles in there. Um, technically not nearly as demanding as like Whitesnake or TSO, but um, in terms of being able to cop the feel of each of the songs and then um, be able to like, perform when you step out, you, it's a different, uh, that gig is different in that you're in the back on a bandstand for the gig okay. and then you basically step out those like two moments or three moments and it's either just you or it's like you and Cher. So it's <laughs> like, yeah, this has got to be like, you know, those those moments kind of like define how good the gig was, you know. Right. By the end of the gig, it was like, how did the moment go when I was out with her? Because the rest of it, you know. How was
0: the <laughs> deal being with someone that intergenerationally iconic? Were you nervous at all? Like the first few times when you'd be just you and her on the stage? Or in the front?
1: Uh, the stage? Yeah, I mean, I would say not like... Ner- not nervous, but like, um, aware because she never rarely, she, she would rarely like repeat the same stage moves in those moments. So yeah. I definitely didn't want to become known as the guitar player knocked over Cher accidentally on stage, <laughs> and like, you know, that
0: was problematic. You know I'm like
1: TMZ or something like yeah. that. Right? So, right. Uh, I definitely grew like a third eye out or third and fourth eyes out of the side of my head, making sure yeah. to like stay out of her way. Cause I mean, so if the stage is empty like that, it was the the idea would be, the concept for me at least was always to, um, you know, you learn how to fill a stage, right? So if she was moving stage left, I'd move stage right. Okay, right, and right. Sometimes along the way, you'd have to kind of like make eye contact because sometimes she'd want to interact for a second. And okay. Because past year or maybe longer than a second. You never knew, and that was the thing. So sometimes she'd stop and it would be like, uh, oh, my God, she got her, you know, She got her elbow on my shoulder while she's singing and you know it's like yeah so you know it was always a little little different in terms of um what to expect from her and i I liked that so it was never scripted there was never never came off as this moment like oh i know what we're going to do here you know it was always you always had to um read what she was going to do a bit
0: that did you ever develop like a friendship with her outside of those shows or was it more? Not,
1: not really. I mean, she's like, you know, just top pro, you know. I mean, everything was just very professional and great band. And the friendship is more with those people that, you know, were in the band and the dancers right. and
0: right, right.
1: The, the, the touring personnel. And then, um, uh, I mean, Cher's totally, you know, very nice and everything. But it wasn't like, you know, I was going to call her up and be like, uh, you know, hey, you want to get coffee? Or, I mean, it, right, it's right. like, you know, we. Uh, she she did some real fun stuff with us though. Like she took us all to the movies and stuff like that. You well, know, that's more, great. But and it's like, you know, you're you're traveling with a large group of people. Probably 50, 60 people at least, right? Something like I don't know. Yeah, really? I couldn't tell you. With with crew and everything like that. But it was she's you know, real great, man. Super fun, you know, like fun stuff like that. Bingo night. Oh really? Like that. well, that's pretty <laughs> cool.
0: Now, now let me ask you this. Another thought I had. So I have this vision of you hopping off the plane, right? And, you know, uh, when you were doing, what was the name of the show when you would do the, not bands, was a Bandstand in Chicago? Uh, World Stage? World Stage, World Stage. So you, if you're playing 30-ish different songs, and, and presumably a lot of the guitar work would be from wildly divergent guitar players, what kind of pressures would you have to emulate their tone? You know, how would you deal with the equipment end of things? To at least try to replicate the sound for each of those bands.
1: Uh, on that, I mean, it was a little it, it was easier for me because Jim's main guy was really always my friend, Mike Aquino, who's uh, you know great guitarist. And so Mike would always, you know, help me out because if i only had time to get down right on seven or eight of the solos or something you know i mean it was like you know mike had it all covered so we we would just kind of talk and be like look how do you want to do this and i was always more than happy to give him the bulk of stuff as long as i could like stay in the camp you know that's always been the way i am as a guitar partner period you know like dude whatever you want grab whatever you need and then you know i'll do the rest and um so that any, anyway, I mean, I did enough of the Night Ranger stuff that it gave me my opportunity with Night Ranger. So, and I mainly just wanted to stay a part of it. And those guys are my friends and Jim is my friend and just wanted to be a part of like the gig. You know? Right.
0: And then in, in addition to the gigging, you got to cut albums with a lot of these folks, right? Like it wouldn't just be live. You, it looks like you would um, would record albums with some of the bands you were with.
1: Um well I mean like some of them you know I mean like if you're reading off my bio yeah, like I'm just reading off of
0: this yeah
1: um so the bio is like I tried to put up front like the people I spent the most time with but then there's also like on there people that I've just like You know played a couple songs with on stage or something like that or record uh, a amount of like a recording with or you know so there's some names like that on there too um which i don't know i look at it like life had brought me to those moments so sure why not throw it on there i'd like it's nice to have it all on there in a weird way just to be able to be like no it's 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 all happened
0: (laughs) i I look at this thing and and, and you're so in demand and, and here's a question I've asked a lot of folks on our show and I, I probably know the answer ahead of time. but it, it, you know for someone who is as in demand as you are, you know you, you have to have the technical skills to be able to pull it off. But a lot of folks talk about the ability to just interact nicely with people and be a decent man or woman you know in this case a guy. you know where, where do you place sort of human compatibility versus musical ability? Cause something's making your phone ring all the time. And obviously you're really good at guitar. I've, I've watched you. But
1: what um, you yeah, man. I don't know. I couldn't tell you, man. I mean, it's, that's, it's really hard to say. I think you just do your best at every turn. Right. I mean, it's like nobody bats a thousand. That's important to remember. You know, Yeah. It's yeah. Very hard to be like, always like every single interaction with every single human being, like it goes well or whatever, you know? So, um, you know, I think you just do your best at every turn and just hope that that keeps happening. So um, I don't know. I've credited des- I've credited desperation a lot in my life, you know, where I've said like I, I needed it to work out because I really didn't have any backup plans or anything that was like, well, if that doesn't work out, I'll just go do this. Because I was like, I'm totally screwed if this doesn't work out. Yeah. And nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> but you
0: um, put your eggs in that basket. and It's at least played out pretty nicely for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've made it this far, man, you know, and yeah. uh, the world is like, I mean, t- 2020 was another one of those years where I talk about the challenge, you know, like 2017 was like that when David got surgery and was like, oh, uh, now I got to build a year without white snake. That's my, yeah. you know, 10 month of the year, band. So geez, and uh, now 2020 was like, you got to build a year without being able to leave your place. Have fun with that, you know, so. What
0: did
1: do? Um, So. Well, I I finished recording my album from my side project, uh, Joel Hosch was 13. Um, So that was definitely huge to get that done. And then I'd say from there, um, realistically, it was a lot of teaching. So I went back to that for the first time in like 20 years, um, which was nuts on like virtual um, doing like 30 students a week. And then I was doing cameos. I did like quarantine a lot of those collab videos to stay like kind of out there in the digital world. A lot of that stuff, which was fun. I got to play with a lot of people who'd kind of been on that list of like, like never worked with, but someday you know, um, uh, Nico McBrain and Billy Sheehan, Arnell Pineda from Journey. Um, who am I missing on this list? You know, Dino Dino Jelusic. I'd always wanted to do stuff with him, and um, so like you know a lot of these people Mike Portnoy um so you know it's got to got to work with all these guys during that time um and then the cameo thing did a lot of like you know playing guitar for people on cameo and that's good uh, stuff yeah so i stayed really super super slammed busy and lots of sessions too lots of people hiring me to play on like a solo on their their album or whatever on a song and um or play on one track and so lots of that. Like right now I have four, I'm probably going to do that when we're done tonight. You know, like I've got like four songs waiting from people. I still get hired all the time to do that. People just hire me to play on a track or whatever. And, um, and today is not a teaching day, but I just got done with the five days in a row of that. And, so um i'm keeping it for now i taught every off day of the tso tour i just finished the tso tour and um, okay. there's typically two days off a week and i filled them with teaching on the it was like i we couldn't really go out because of the COVID scene so yeah. i was like as long as i'm sitting in my hotel room i might as well like you know i'm gonna be playing my guitar anyway so i right. might as well teach and do this so um yeah anyway that that's kind of been that, that's been a big part of things but I th- I'd like to think I kicked its butt, man. 2020 was like I made, you know, more money that doing that than I probably did being out on the road the previous year.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think what, you know, we, we started these shows, like we weren't doing Zoom. We were just in the studio. And yeah. then this whole, we call it our fireside chat because we did one in front of my fireplace. Um, but, you know, COVID forced us all, I think, to be a little resourceful. And, and really tap into our creativity. And, and I, I think we had to work really hard to, to keep that work ethic going and in, 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 really in a situation that, that begs us to be couch potatoes. you know. Yeah,
1: well, I think once I wrapped my head around the fact that it was gonna be a long wait, um, no. that, that's when I really went like, okay, not gonna like, I'm not just gonna sit around and like wait for touring to happen again. So, it's time to be like busy and put myself to work one way or another. I mean, at the end of the day, that is just one part of like what being a musician is about. It's not, it's, it's, you know, doesn't like totally uh, make up the, the entire picture, right? Can't think yeah. of coming up with the correct term there, but, no, um, look at the but yeah, I think to um, record is a huge part of it. And, yeah. you know, pushing us into doing all these little things, I think it was good for me. It's it, it made me definitely more active in the session thing than I had been. I'd been a little, like, lazier on that because I'd always be touring or have a tour coming up and just say, I'm kind of too busy right now. Um, so, and certainly cameos and lessons. I really wasn't doing much of that at all, you know, like just a very little bit. And now I kind of see like, hey, that's still a very valuable thing to be able to do because I did it for so long that i'm still like um you know i guess pretty good at teaching you know, like, you know i'm able to um still actually articulate my thoughts and because i had 10 years or so of doing that 70 students a week right it's a lot that's a that's a real lot and it's a lot
0: yeah you know, and the cool thing is you know like when you're playing
1: out you're making
0: people happy you're spreading joy by you know giving them music but when you're teaching that's a whole different level because you're setting up a whole army of musicians to make other people happy and themselves happy with music. You know, you, you think yeah. About- well,
1: you're 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 helping other people kind of realize their a lot of what their dreams are with music, right. which is fun, yeah. you know, um, and cool. And everybody's got different ambitions. You know, I just I, my thing is I always preach what worked for me, and that's the consistency. You know, when you yeah. play guitar, I always tell people the number one thing is that. To try and play your guitar every day while we're while you're taking lessons from me, try to play your guitar every day, and that's harder than it sounds because people might be like, You mean I could just pick it up and play for two minutes? Yeah. Right. But the thing is, is that if you do that, if you do play every day, I've never known anybody that played every day, that wasn't good. Yeah. Ever. So I mean, it's like just do that, and I've, I'm like, there's gonna be times where you're gonna look at it and be like, no way! I just worked 12 hours. I just, you know, had the worst day ever.
0: Right. Like, or I you, don't like what's coming out of my own hands right now.
1: If you right. can go over to your guitar and pick it up for two minutes, then um, you know you're you're still gonna be the person that wins the battle. So you just gotta be the person that keeps picking it up no matter what. Yeah. Uh, people get themselves, uh, they set themselves up with unrealistic expectations, I think, you know, because um, the bottom line is the window probably shut on a lot of them if they're adults to be able to, to become a professional. Um, and so it, it's a different thing than I was, you like, know, for me, I was trying to scoot through before the window shut, Right, right, and right, right. Kind of got through. Now they're sort of like just trying to find a way to make it a good hobby. So, if they're somebody who's saying to themselves, I'm going to still work this long job and have my family and I'll practice three hours a day while I'm taking lessons from this guy that might not work out for them. You know, like, I mean, they might find out after two days or three days that that's burnout level. Mm-hmm. And then they go. Yep. All right. So that's why I just tell people, like, look, just, you know, make it every day and it'll fit into your life. You just got to make it part of your life. That's all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know a lot of folks who picked it up in their 40s and even 50. And they've stuck with it.
1: It's still a great, bottom line is it's still a great hobby. You know, it's like it doesn't, yeah. playing guitar doesn't have to be on a professional level. And you don't even have to like, um, you don't even have to be a pro to be good. I mean, there's a lot of great amateur players out there too, you know. Like, they really so they are. Achieve like greatness and still work some other gig. It's yeah. like That's like, fine.
0: I, I have a buddy of mine in high school. Uh, we were talking before the show started. I went to the same school as Steve Conti, but one of my other friends, what day one he had never touched a guitar three day 365 he was playing mood for for a day on a guitar he built himself with his own hands
1: wow and he's cool
0: he's an engineer lawyer now you know like he doesn't do it for a living but just that sort of level of of skill and devotion and technical expertise and all that and and he just stuck with it all these years and he's still a great guitar player but i don't think he's ever had a gig he just does it for himself but he gets joy out of it
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, bottom line is it's still a great, great um, hobby. You know, it doesn't have to be yeah. like a, somebody's living all the time, you know, to, to be worthwhile, like pursuing. So anyway, that's that's kind of a, a lot of the, the teaching mindset is having to, to um, think about that, like where it, where it is for most people. Now, some of my students are younger and they might still have the potential to be like professional guitar players, too, if they want to do that. it's uh, it's, that's a pretty brutal thing these days though man you know it's a whole different world now right the money is very fleeting you know it's um it's it's really hard to make money like playing live or recording so like how do you do it
0: the recording is really hard now i would think if you're a new one
1: because the streaming thing is just brutal Yeah. yeah
0: i know i know it's crazy so what do you have next on your horizon for 2022
1: uh so let me pull up my calendar because i should actually probably be like accurate when i tell you there we go (laughs) (laughs) so i do well i'm doing some dates like coming up right now with uh broadway's rock of ages band right so that's really just like for me that's just going back out, the band uh, from the show, we just play the full length versions of the cover songs, right? So it's like I get Very to do cool. a cover gig kind of vibe with my friends who I did the gig with. Um, that sounds cool. So, anyway, I got one of those coming up in Jersey, a private event in New York City. I'm doing the Monsters of Rock cruise in February. I've done that for years now. That's kind of like my, one of my annual ones. Uh, a- Go back fun. and do it. That's a lot of fun. Uh, so I I play a set on there, um uh, an acoustic set that's called the Hangover Jam and I give away free bloody Marys to everybody that comes and oh, give, that's away, great. give away giveaway merch and just it's a blast. And then we play basketball against the uh the cruisers and stuff too. That's one of my other little things on there. I'm doing a couple uh rock and roll fantasy camps coming up. Um let's see. Uh, one in LA February seventeenth through twenty and one It's a ways off. March thirty-one to April three. Shooting videos for a project that I have coming out with um, Michael Swede, Nathan James, Tommy Aldridge, and Marco Mendoza. So that album, I'm not sure the release date on that, but that should be you know fairly soon. Um, Doing some acoustic gigs with my friend Brandon Gibbs in March. Um, and then really, so that's kind of like a lot of the front end of the year. And then Whitesnake is scheduled to really start the U, um, the UK run in May. So, and then we go UK into Europe and there's more dates that are going to get announced. And, um, so people can look, you know, keep an eye out for that stuff and then, uh, head to TSO come November, December. So really, as soon as I hit May, I'm pretty much looking at Whitesnake into TSO.
0: Right. So you have a very full dance card for uh, 2022.
1: Yeah. And in the meantime, I'm teaching 30 students a week and doing sessions and stuff and cameos. So like all that stuff kind of like still lives on just, you never know what COVID is going to to do to all this stuff. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm assuming that we're going to just kind of keep things open though. And it seems like no matter what, we're going to keep like trying to plug forward to it at this moment. So I'm
0: feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling like, uh, uh, it, it's it's going to get into a milder phase and that's what i'm reading about too so for all our sake i hope that's our future Hopefully.
1: yeah you never know these days man yeah. <laughs> okay i just gotta is- take it as it comes but that's why i don't like i i just continue to do everything because it's like you don't know where you know what kind of turn this is going to take right now
0: but we do know that music will always be there so that's perfect it just it's what form you know. Yeah,
1: I think at the end of the day, it's for me, it's to continue working at it and um, the, and never stop doing that. I mean, as close as I came was the top of 2020, uh, just because 2019 had been so brutal with travel. I was on the road 285 days out of that year. Oh, wow. Uh, 265. So when it hit the beginning of it, I was like, hey, this this is like a godsend. I can just be at home for like a month or two in a row and uh, <laughs> constantly leaving. And, you know. Um, yeah, little did I know exactly. Yeah. And then when I was at home for like a year and a half, I was like, yeah, maybe this is a bit much. But uh, right. yeah, anyway, which I was, you know, I actually more than happy to lay low and kind of wait until real stuff got going. I I wasn't um, I wasn't the guy banging like at the first gig to be available. You know, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm fine and until White Snake and TSO. I de- definitely missed doing that stuff. You know.
0: Well, that's good stuff now let me ask you how can people find your stuff so to speak just
1: look it up by your name website you know, i do all the social media stuff except TikTok. i can't bring myself to do that i'm, I'm not We're both do a little that. old for it right yeah exactly <laughs> um sure. but you know i do i do uh facebook and uh twitter and, and instagram and so people can hit me up there. Um, but I also have a dot com still. People can go to my website, uh, JoePolkshire.com and link over to any of that stuff from there. And um, yeah, you can even email me through there if you have contact. So that's how people can get in touch if they want to take lessons and that kind of stuff. So.
0: Well, that's perfect. I got to say, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you tonight. Cool. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. We'll keep our eyes open for you. Have a great night. Thanks so much. You too. Appreciate right. it. Sure.